in its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Just give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here to speak with you, as I do each and every week, about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. We have got a full show today, and before we bring on our guests, I'd like to open up the phone lines for call-ins at 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. Or join us at toginet.com. Come into our live chat room where you can engage with us and ask questions, and we'll get you on the air. Um, or on Twitter, you can find me at Lisa Kamen. And we've got several others. That is HH Talk Radio, Harvest Happiness, H-R-V-E-S-T, Happiness, and HH, the number four, Heroes, H-G-R-O-E-S. Wow, that is a mouthful. Today we are talking about the new paradigm in coaching, how sports and athleticism can actually influence our performance in business and in our professional lives. And we've got two amazing guests who are going to share with us the way that they do it. The first is Mark Harradine, who teaches conscious leadership to leaders who want to profoundly impact their world for a greater good by raising consciousness for powerful socioeconomic impact for a sustainable future. Using his unique understanding of human potential and inner development, along with his deep experience as a mental coach for elite athletes, Mark applies himself to the complex systems of business and political worlds. He views challenges as a puzzle rather than a problem, then has fun putting the puzzle together. Good morning, Mark, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, well, pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about what you are up to and how you came to this place because you come from a professional athletic background yourself. Yeah, it's true, Lisa. It's, it's, thank you for the introduction. And it all sounds, you know, probably complex and sophisticated and important. But the truth is, I started out as a tennis player that was just very frustrated, one that uh, had a very bad temper. And I just wanted that primarily to stop. You know, so I started searching, you know, what are the ways in order to have a clearer head playing tennis and not just to stop being upset, but how to direct that energy. So that was kind of my premise of getting into anything of awareness or development or looking at a way of understanding what what is going on. Let's talk a little bit about anger because anger is is a common and healthy emotion for all of us to feel and experience, but it's what we do with the anger and how we manage it that becomes the issue. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think uh, for myself, I certainly was expressing it. <laughs> it was like pressing, <laughs> pressing the rewind button every time I would get on the tennis court. And it was highly destructive. So I think the emotion of anger uh, is is a good one and it's real, but it certainly is the management of directing it. And it has a lot of fuel, so it can really serve you when when needed if you know how to direct it. And that's certainly something that I had to overcome um, and, and have supported many other players, both in tennis and golf, primarily uh, in the sporting worlds on, on how to direct that. Do you think there is a correlation between peak performance athletes and anger? Well, yeah, anger, certainly I would consider champions in my experience and people who have gone to the top in anything tend to have more energy than other people. That would be one of my common themes that I come across. And it's the direction of that. And, and anger may show up. Now, some, some people express it, some people hold it in, but it's really a form of energy and the, and the direction of, is, is how you manage that. And, and since you introduced you know, conscious leadership as, as an approach here that, that I look at with, in the business world, uh, I still see the same thing. You know, people get frustrated, but it's it's how they're directing that and, and using their wisdom and their intellect to, to do that. Well, let's uh, let's talk about energy because people who succeed do tend to have high amounts of energy, and they have been able to somehow channel these forces for the greater good. And I think that that is the point of this work that you're doing. You know, how do we channel this energy, this power, even our negative emotions of anger and fear and sadness and grief to work for us, to transform those feelings, to create something that is positive? Yes, absolutely. And I would consider for each person, it's like a thumbprint. It's so individual, so it's hard to give a blanket statement of what is the approach that makes that happen. I can certainly share some approaches that have worked for me Often when working with people or teams or, or corporations, it's looking at a whole matrix of what is going on. And that's always the first question that I think is important is what is going on and, and then what are you choosing to do about it? And then opening up what, what that is and, and making the choices, hence the puzzle that you mentioned in the introduction. It's like what's the puzzle here and, 
and how do we put that together to give a clear vision. Uh, certainly some of the keynotes that I would consider is having clarity of purpose is, is a real supportive one, having a clear vision of where you want to go, um, knowing that there's going to be challenges along the way and getting support externally that from someone who's not in the same movie as you is a real key component I find in the support. So hence in the coaching, in the, in the sporting worlds, we have coaches who hopefully are objectively looking at what is going on. Um, and that's a real key component that I, that I express into the business world and the political worlds is, is how do you have someone objectively supporting you who has the wisdom to reflect back what, what is going on. This is, this is a very important component because we all get mired in our own stories, in our own movies, and to have somebody, a team member who is on our side but not in the soup, so to speak, or in the stew, that can, can reflect back, mirror what's going on is extremely helpful and often enables us to lighten our own load because we don't take ourselves so seriously. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that the truth? I think what I love about even the title of your show, Harvesting Happiness, I had a, I had a dear friend who, who put, put down the gauntlet to himself around, I won't do anything unless it's fun, you know? And that's a pretty high calling because is life always fun? Well, in my experience being around him, it really is. Because what I noticed was uh, he took fun with him. You know, so whatever situation, circumstance he would put himself into, fun would show up because that was, he was manifesting it. So, this is a great concept, you know, not to do anything unless it's fun. And, and he has made that his reality, which I think is a key component to this kind of coaching that you're talking about. Yes, no, no, absolutely. And, and look, it's, Coming, working in the corporate arenas, it's a real challenge because the corporate arena is, is set up to be a political struggle, uh, um, you know, and it's, it's how do you move a big, a big organization with lots of people in one direction because you've got lots of egos involved and uh, status involved and money's the game, so, so it appears. Uh, and that makes sense. You know, in the in today's society, but it it certainly sets up for a lot of uh, hardship and complexity, and a lot a lot of the things I look at is how to simplify, and and how to get aligned with your own individual purpose in all of that, and then how do you pull that into the collective to make it work? Well, we are going to be going to a break in a couple of minutes and I would like to just touch upon the ego before we do and we'll come back and carry on because the ego is really where it begins and ends with our success. Are we operating from an ego-based place or are we operating from our higher consciousness and our higher level place which really is where um, infinite possibility resides? Yeah, look, it's, it's, all, it's been looked at a lot, the ego. Uh, from the psychological perspective, but a simple way of I look at it, I think the ego is a great thing, by the way. It's it's the driver that often gets us up and moves us. Um, the ego wants things to give us identification, and the soul, the soul or the higher nature of who we are, is here to give give things away. So the giving and receiving cycle of service and get what's for you um, is a real balance. 
We are going to we are going to go to a break, and when we come back, we are going to carry on this conversation about the ego. But to learn more about Mark Herodine and what he is doing, you can find him at www.aspiral and that's a s p i r a l l dot c o m dot a u, and the dot a u is for Australia. Again, that's www.aspiral.com ll.com.au and on Twitter he is Mark Haradine and that's H-A-R-R-A-D-I-N-E Here come the tunes, we'll be right back We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. The path of a certainty. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us now, we are talking about business in the new paradigm, how sports and business and sports psychology relates to peak performance in the business world. And my first guest is Mark Herodine, who teaches conscious leadership to leaders who want to profoundly impact their world for the greater good. And prior to the break, we started a conversation about the ego. And Mark said something that I think is delightful. He said, you know, the ego is not a bad thing. Sometimes it can be good. And so let's, I mean, it's giving me a good chuckle because it is the antithesis to the training that um, that I receive in terms of uh, spiritual psychology and positive psychology. So let's just jump into it a little bit here. Sure. So there's a couple of philosophers that have looked at uh, what they call levels of thinking and you can look this stuff up if you care to, but it's around um, if we just took the I-ego world, and an example of that in the business world would be like a Donald Trump. You know, you can be highly successful monetarily in the I-ego world, but it's all about you. 
know. The, the level above that would be looked at as the socialized world. I find a lot of these people in the corporate arenas. And that is often about what do you think about me? You know, so these are the people trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's the people who want to fit in, who don't want to stand out, don't want to buck the system. But they're struggling to get along and get where they want to go. The level above that would be the independent world, which is your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and I'm okay either way. Above that is the integral world, which is about really starting to lift people up wherever you go. And there's very few leaders that you'll find in this space. I think the, the statistics is around 1%. And then the one level above that that they've looked at is the sacred way of looking at it, which is really which brings in a spiritual calling, like a Gandhi or a Nelson Mandela. So it's an interesting way to start to look at leadership and how the ego plays out in these different arenas. But certainly I think the ego uh, is the one that gets you up. It's the one that will will its way forward. It's a fantastic thing to work with athletes who have a strong ego because they have a strong identification. But when it does become all about them and they don't filter anything for anything for anyone else, it, be it can become damaging. And you can see the separation that that creates in relationships and, and environments. So. Uh, uh, this is a very important point because what I hear you saying is that the ego is driving the performance but it's what you do with the performance or the power that comes from this ego whether it's for for the good for the greater good or uh, a big picture or is it just for the perpetuation of self you know the the sort of immediate world or immediate sphere around us yeah, well, I, I would consider, you know, we all have egos. I look at it often like a like an engine in a car. You know, some, some people have bigger ones and smaller ones and, and faster ones and high-revved ones, and it's how you manage it, how you drive it, you know. So I think the ego, in a strange way, is often neutral, and then when you put it in drive into, a, hence, a positive charge, it's it's what you do with it. And how would you do this, let's say, coming into an organization, let's say people want to work on communication skills or there's a big project that uh, um, a company wants to take public and bring to fruition, how would you go in and strategize with the, with the business and with the leaders of the business? Oh, gosh, that's, that's a great question and it's a big question. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, I think a typical business consultant like a McKinsey's or a, or a Booz Allen's, they go in and do assessment tools and they get, they get to start to break down where personalities lie within the business. And I think that's a helpful thing, but often people get boxed into that. Then typically what a, what a consulting firm does is take that assessment tools and pulls that over to the, strat, to the strategy and the business outcomes that the company's trying to achieve. Often I look at both the outcomes, which are usually financially driven um, or expansion driven, uh, and pulling those personality identifications across is what I call the seen world, you know, so the tangible world of what people can see. What's missed is the unconscious world in that. And so what I look at and what we do at a spiral is doing personal mentoring and relationship stuff. So all of us have psychology degrees and business degrees. 
we start to bring the two together. So we start to look at how people are being driven from the unconscious spaces, hence where we do personal mentoring, which typically is what a business coach may go in and do, but they don't necessarily look at all what we call the four quadrants of how to pull this together. So looking at the... Um, looking at people's individual approach, relationship, hence team approach, hence business assessment, hence business outcomes, is a way from a holistic picture that we start to look at the map to, to pull what we would turn what the egos are doing in the business, how people are getting along, what's the relationships look like. And really the pot of gold is once again the business outcomes. We're very focused on the business outcomes. Uh, we're also very focused on, on mining what is, what is not being said and how to reveal that so there's a greater fluidity happening within the business. And what I hear you saying is that the, the emphasis is really on this holistic or integrated approach to working with the individuals within the company who then in turn feed into the corporate ethos or the, the corporate goal. Yes, it's 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 looking at people from all perspectives. It's it's the the in the four quadrants, which is a lot of Ken Wilber's work, which a lot of people may have heard of. They look at the I am space. So who are you as the individual? The I do space. So what do you do? What are your behaviours? They also look at the uh, we are space. So this is the collective of how uh, people have come together. And then the we do space, and the we do space is how we do it all together. So looking at those four quadrants is a great way of starting to mine and look at what's going on. Coming back to that question, what is going on? <laughs> and what do you choose to do about it? And how this then impacts um, the socioeconomics Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, obviously the desire is to increase the bottom line, but it does more than that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think if you, if we just take an individual and and looked at happiness, I I, I personally, out of my own experience and working with lots and lots of people, I find people who are more on purpose in their life have greater happiness. And what is purpose? Well, that's first of all, I'd say for you to define. But you see it in people who are aligning with that because there's less dissonance and there's less pain, there's less resistance. Uh, there's less upset. Um, and that, that's, that's a lot of work to start to get into those spaces. And then how do you do that with a whole company so it starts going in that direction? Because that will create um, less noise in the business environment and get people where they want to go. Now, some people may go, well, that's idealistic, that's a little too vague, and, and probably the way I'm bringing it across is vague at this time because it's hard to give you a lot of context unless you're in the picture. But for an example, because examples are always helpful, uh, worked with a big uh, corporation. I certainly won't be mentioning names here. We worked with a lot of the leaders, and, and they... Uh, they, they obviously had their outcomes, annual outcomes and business objectives, but are always scurrying around, you know, doing what they think is correct and then how to get on board with everyone and time management certainly is a big thing these days in organisation. And so it takes a long time to start to implement these things in. 
but once you get serious and commit to a process uh, that, that's working, I think that's where where people start to find themselves and, and they, their I-ego, if you will, starts to pick up because they feel like they're on track. And that's really where someone get, find someone and, and help someone get to. We are going to be closing out this segment, and I would like to once again give our listeners some information how they can reach you and make contact. Your website is www.aspiral, and I hope I'm pronouncing that. Is it Aspiral or Aspiral? Spiral. It's really to aspire all. Aspire all, but it's A-S-P-I-R-A-L-L dot com dot A-U. And on Twitter, you are at Mark Haradine, and that's H-A-R-R-A-D-I-N-E. And I want to mention that you have been doing this for a long time, and your focus now is to take this into local businesses in the United States and empower, and correct me if I'm wrong, smaller businesses as well as the larger businesses to take on this approach to increase performance, the bottom line, and better team dynamics. Yes. Look, in simple form, I do business consulting with leaders building their strategies, and I work with entrepreneurs and small businesses in order to to lift their business and, and get them where they need to go. And in the past, you have done this for peak performance athletes, as you mentioned, for politicians, for large companies. So it's really a a vast and diverse group of people. But the one uh, common thread and the one link is this drive uh, to to excel and succeed. There's certainly that. And the other thing that I would say is to really keep things simple. How to simplify a process, like I use a compass as a roadmap to support people. It's a one-page document that really has the next 10 years written out on it. And how do you keep something so simple that you can start to work it? Because life gets complex and and, uh, complicated all by itself. And we all need a roadmap. While life doesn't come with an owner's manual, the roadmap definitely helps. And um, being open to course correction and making changes as circumstances present, I think, is also one of the key components to success as well, being able to go with the flow and morph and change and um, be open. Yes. No, no, look, absolutely. Certainly flexibility is required. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for being with us. Happy holidays. And I want to give a shout out to my producer, whom I adore at Toginet, J-Dog Barker, is celebrating a birthday. And I want to say happy birthday to you, darling. You make me look good. (laughs) And we'll be going to a break. And to learn more about what we do over here at Harvesting Happiness in the realms of filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy, please visit me at HH. I'm sorry, I'm giving you our nonprofit site, harvestinghappiness.com. And here come the tunes. And our next guest coming on is my fellow Toginet sister, Leah Jansen. And we're going to carry on this theme of peak performance coaching and how it relates to athleticism. And here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. 
Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a non-profit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are joining us now, we are talking about sports psychology and the business world. And prior to the break, we had on Mark Harradine, who is a coach. He's a peak performance athlete himself. And now we're welcoming Leah Jansen, who is a fellow Toginet host and host of the Leah Jansen Show. Leah is a sports and relationships coach. She coaches highly motivated, energetic, enthusiastic, and creative individuals looking to make profound changes in their lives. She empowers her clients to reach new heights with their innate given abilities and talents using sports and sports analogies. Leah dramatically expands her client's vision of what's possible. Her clients live bigger and experience higher levels of personal and professional success. Welcome, Leah. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I am great today. I am coming off a big event this weekend, and I'm floating on cloud nine and enjoying the the halo effect from it, and happy to have you here today with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is a wonderful topic. This is a wonderful topic, and let's let's talk about what brought you to partnering the sports and coaching and relationships and coaching, not which the relationships do go hand in hand, but specifically sports and athleticism. 
Well, I think everything overlaps on some level, you know, sports, business, relationships. And what I what I aim to do with my work is to tie it all together and to tap into people's competitive spirit, their uh, their drive, their their nature of wanting to push themselves and be better at what they do, whether it's business or in their relationships. And I found that the central theme to a lot of people's success was there was a lot of connection to sports and to to competition and to that feeling of striving and doing better, pushing yourself. So I kind of, I'm combining all of those elements into one, you know, coaching program, kind of my foundation. Well, you, you say that we learn from those who are better than us, particularly mm-hmm. in sports, that we, that we watch athletes and they, they play with other players better than we would play with them, whatever the sport is. And what is it that is so motivating besides saying, you know, I wish I could do that? What is it that, 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 that drives us to want to be like them? Well, I think we see how they're excelling and they're they're growing and learning and doing better in their sport, whether they are a professional athlete or just a, a recreational athlete. Everybody wants to get better. And that theme is just like it is in business. And like everybody wants to get better. Everyone wants to grow. We want to, we want to improve. And the best way to do that is to surround ourselves with people who are, quote, unquote, better than we are, whether that's their business is bigger than ours is or their relationships are stronger and better. We want to be surrounded. We want to follow them and see what they are doing to, to get those better relationships, to, to be better in their business, to be better in their life. So as it is in sports, you know, when you play tennis, you, you always want to play with someone who's a better player. That's just what you do because your game is going to automatically be lifted by their level, but you're going to get better. So it's the idea and concept of surrounding yourself and following and being in the, in the presence of others who are, who are constantly growing and who are better than you are so that you can learn from them. And, you know, what I like about what you're saying is that mentors come in many ways, shapes, and forms. There's the mentor that knows he or she is mentoring, and then there are the mentors that we kind of quietly stand next to because we really admire or appreciate their talents and gifts, and the other person doesn't even necessarily have to know. That's right. Absolutely. That's a very good point, Lisa. Like I, I coach my, when I tell my clients, they say, oh, I, you know, we're, we often get caught up in this, you know, the, comp, the comparative trap and, oh, this one's doing this one, the comparison. Oh, I, I'm not, my business isn't as good as hers or this one or that one. I say, just, just be a fan of them. You know, don't compare yourself to them because guess what? Everybody was right. They were right where you were at some point in their career at some point in their life. So learn from where they are, be a fan, be a follower, you know, it's okay to mimic and and copy and and be, you know, to be watching them. They don't have to even know, like you said, (laughs) these are the mentors that, you know, when we watch sports on TV, when I watch tennis players on TV, they don't know I'm watching them. And I take what I see them doing and I bring it to the tennis court. I say, I'm going to try that shot. I kind of like what he did there. Or, you know, I'm not going to execute it quite like Roger Federer does, but I might take a little piece of, of what he's doing with his game and maybe implement that in my game. So it's the same concept. Well, tell me, or tell us, why skiing comes into play with business. Let's take another <laughs> sport. <laughs> skiing, right, as we go into wintertime. Well, I, I told this story a while ago, um, and I was, as a kid, I went skiing at about 11 or 12 years old for the first time. And I had never skied before. And we went out skiing with my parents. And it was a one-time deal. My parents didn't ski. They just said, we should bring the kids skiing. We live in the Northeast. And there we went. 
So after that, I never skied with my family again. I went on trips with my school. I went on trips with with other families who were skiing families in in you know in Vermont. So years went by, and I learned how to ski. I learned how to ski. My dad saw me ski when I was 18 years old. We, that was the next time we went, and he said, "Leah, when did you get to be such a good skier? What? I didn't pay for any of those lessons. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't see any of this." I said. I don't know. And I thought about it. It was because every time I went skiing, I made it my my mission and my intention to get better. So what did I do? I followed the good skiers. I hung around with them all day and I watched them ski down the mountain. I went literally went behind them, Lisa. I would ski behind them and see where are they turning? I'm going to turn there or where on the mountain are they skiing on the right side? Is that where the good snow is or in the middle or how are they navigating the, you know, the slopes? And I learned and I tried and I was I was purposeful about it. I was on a mission. And over the years I got really good at it. And I also took chances. That's just like in business, you know, you have to take a chance. I didn't go on that black diamond for the first time not being scared out of my mind, but I had to do it. If I stayed on the easy slopes, I never would have gotten any better. So my skiing analogy is the same holds true in business. You know, follow those people. Where are they making their turns? How are they navigating? What are they doing and putting out there that you can learn from and you can implement in your life and in your business? Let's talk for a minute about chances and risk. Because you've said it several times that we have to take chances, and there are many folks out there who are risk adverse or who believe themselves to be risk adverse. Mm. So I'm wondering if you can talk about the necessity, you know, to take that leap of faith that at some point in time, that in order to excel, we must all step forward and be willing to fail. Right. Well, what's behind a risk? There's a fear. Okay. And you, you talked a little bit about fear in the first segment. The fear, what, what is it about that if we do try this, this if we try something new that we're going to fail, that everyone is watching us and somehow they're going to see us fall on our face. You know, they're going to see me fall down the mountain and they're going to laugh at me and say, well, what is she trying to do? Who is she trying to be? Who is she trying to prove? What is she trying to prove? But I think the point is that we get so caught up in what everyone else is watching us do what we don't realize is no one really cares what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, the minute you figure that out, <laughs> then you're really on to something because no one, everyone is so busy and consumed with themselves that if they glance over and see me fall down the mountain in a big tumble and they're going to go, oh, I guess she fell. And they're back to themselves. They don't really care. So while you're busy making mistakes and taking chances and growing, all of a sudden you look up and, and you know, you're not making as many mistakes anymore or you've, you've gotten so far. And those people that you were so concerned about, now they're looking at you and going, wow, when did Leah become such a good skier? Last time I saw her, she was falling down the mountain. So, it, you know, once you take away the fear of what's going to happen to me, I take this risk. What's going to happen to me? Who's going to laugh at me? That It all goes away. It dissipates. And, and that's when you really start to own what you were trying to do. Well, I love this, what you just said about owning owning because um, we just did a text conference here in Southern California that I am one of the organizers of and our theme was living out loud and I'm part of a women's group where this was our topic of discussion just before TEDx Malibu and the question was how do you live out loud and one of the comments that came up was about not caring what other people think 
yeah. which is something that you've just you've just said. And it doesn't mean not caring what other people feel because that's very different. But mm-hmm. what other people think about what it is that we are doing, we know that if we are operating from right consciousness in a right place with good intentions, we don't really need to care what other people think. Right. But that's a that's a you know that's a continuum. You don't just get there overnight. You have to slowly work towards that place. Well, that, my dear, I think is the blessings of midlife. You know, and we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, right? <laughs> you know, I, and, and that's probably another conversation unto itself, and yeah. one that is is about the evolution of our of us of who we are as people. Absolutely, absolutely, amen. Um, I, I want to give our listeners some information of how they can reach you. On Twitter, you are at Life Coach Leah, and Leah is spelled L-E-A-H. On Facebook, you are Leah Jansen Coaching, and your website is www.leahjansen.com. And you also have a YouTube channel that I want to ask you some questions about what our viewers or listeners might view on that channel. And that is also Leah Jansen, and I want to spell that out. It's L-E-A-H-J-A-N-T-Z-E-N. So what would one find when, when hopping over to you on YouTube? Well, on YouTube, I am just putting out there quick videos with three, it's called my three ways video series. And it's just three tips for, for all different things in life, how to get the, you know, more done during the holiday season. I'm going to do, I have a video up about the skiing analogy that I just shared with you. I'm putting together another one about how running and business are similar. There's an analogy there again, with the sports being the theme on and how people can relate to the athletics and the things that they're doing, even just recreationally, they don't have to be professional athletes and apply apply those same t- tactics and techniques into their business life or their personal life. So come check it out on YouTube. It's fun. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm going to check it out. And I want to learn more about running and business and the analogy there. We've got about a minute before we go to break. So we'll do the speed response and we can come back to it. Leah, tell yes. me a little bit about the difference in or, or likeness between running and business in a quick sound oh, <laughs> And a quick soundbite. Well, just like there's uphills and there's downhills, and we'll talk more about it when we when we come back. But I want to I want to definitely get into a little bit about how when you go out for a run, it's just like trying on something new in business. Perfect. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. That would be me. And my guest today, Mark Harrodine, who was in the first couple of segments, and now with Leah Jansen. And we're talking about sports psychology and business. And we are going to break. Here come the tunes. Learn more about us at harvestinghappiness.com. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. The path of a sudden change. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. 
make a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are in our last segment talking about sports, athleticism, business in the new paradigm, and also how it touches into our touches upon our interpersonal relationships. And today's guest is Leah Jansen. She is a fellow Toginet host of the Leah Jansen Show. And we are talking about running and business, and then we are going to jog into relationships. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Very so. nice. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> so the ups and downs of, of road running. Well, when you go, you know, let's think about it. When you go, I don't know if you're a runner, Lisa, but when you go out for a run, you have this intention of, okay, I want to, I want to go for a good run. What do you, what do you do? What is your, the point of the run? Is it to burn calories? Is it to clear your head? Is it to get exercise? What do you, you know? What do you want to do? And the hardest part about going for a run is getting out the door. And sometimes that's the most difficult part of our business. It's getting started. Just get you know, picking up that phone or reaching out to someone or getting yourself to start that writing project that you've wanted. It's starting. It's all the same concept: exercise and and work. It's something that's a you know a, a really difficult task. Okay, today I'm going to write chapter one of my book. So get out the door, just like with running, get out the door, start, start it, you know, get that run. Once you're going, it takes you a little time to warm up. And just like what you're, when you're writing, it takes time to warm up. Just give yourself a chance to get moving, to start sweating, you know, get, your, get into a groove. And there's always that point in my run where I feel like I could run forever. I feel like I could go forever and ever. And of course, you know, I, I don't and we can't, but there's that moment you have that high sort of during the run when you're in such a groove, it's, you know, you're in such a groove. So to keep going and every time you have an uphill, no, there's a downhill on the other side. You're going to go, you know, you're going to go down. What goes up must come down. And the same thing, you embrace that challenge of an uphill and say, I'm going to get stronger after I get to the top of this hill because my muscles are going to work harder and I'm going to, I'm going to get a reward by getting to go downhill on the other side and same thing with whatever your challenges are in business embrace that that uphill challenge and i also the another analogy is that you know before you stop slow down there's a lot of times when we're exercising when we feel like we're going too hard and we need to stop and i challenge you don't don't stop just slow down regroup refocus yourself get back on track and feel good some energy back and keep moving 
And then finally, the last piece is just to finish strong, Lisa. Everybody, you know, whenever I go on a run, no matter how far it is, five miles, 10 miles, two miles, I sprint the last segment of that run so that when I am done, I feel so good and I have such a, you know, that runner's high. Same thing in your business, whatever task you're doing, writing, calling, coaching, speaking, end on a high note, always. Well, uh, the, the slowing down is, is an important mm-hmm. component, and, mm-hmm. and I have experienced this myself in my own work and certainly in, in the coaching that I do as well. It is really a requirement to slow down and savor what's going on yeah. around you, within you. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? How does your body feel in, mm-hmm. this, in this situation? Because it's how we check in to make sure we are on track. Right. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to how you're feeling. Right. Um, and now let's uh, jog on over to relationships. How does all of this fit together in our inter- interpersonal relationships with our spouses, partners, kids, coworkers, and other family members and friends? Well, the whole the idea of sports or the idea of the, of the challenge. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many aspects of this. Both. Why? Why not? Yeah. Go for the, why not go for the the gamut here? Well, I originally, you know, started this this whole idea of being a sports relationship expert because I noticed that a lot of men and women were on a different page when it came to watching sports, playing sports. Men are so ingrained it's so ingrained in their in in their lifestyle to watch sports, to play sports whether they were a kid or as an adult. And not every man is a sportsaholic, but a lot of them have this you know, have this interest. So it's like, what's that about? And how can we as women kind of tap into it and find out what, what, what is so intriguing about this sports and why do they watch it? And what's so great about football every Sunday? Oh my God. You know, like what is so cool about it? And the idea of that is similar to what I've talked about before, that you're watching people on TV that are pushing themselves, that are, are, are stretching, they're learning, they're growing, they're, they're physically using themselves their muscles and their bodies to do things on the field and to to be, I don't know, to just chat. And we watch in awe. I'm so in awe of the physicality of sports a lot of times. And then there's the strategy side to it. What is the strategy behind it? And the, the, the focus that is required of these athletes. And we take that to our personal lives. And like, how can we focus as people like these athletes do? When you are on, you know, on the tennis court, on the golf course, wherever you are, you're completely present in that moment as an athlete. You are only focusing on that next shot, that tee shot, that, you know, that, that the kick, whatever you're doing out there, you're focused. And sometimes in life, in relationships, we're not focused on what we're doing. We are all, we are all over the place. There are so many different distractions in our lives. How can we take that same focus, hyper-focus, really, and focus on our relationship today, our spouse, our, our significant other, our children as parents? How can we be more present in the moment and then be that that parent that we want to be or be that and so if we took the same concept that these athletes that these athletes demonstrate on the field and take it off the field and say okay let's let's do let's make each shot that important you know when i have my kids want to eat ice cream for dinner and i have a choice right there you know if i'm focused on that moment and that's my shot just like it is in tennis i say no you can't have ice cream you know but if i'm distracted and i'm not really oh whatever just hit whatever shot i want i don't really care i'm going to let them do what they want and there's you know there's the, the the overlap there it's the same concept of focusing and strategy around our relationships well let's talk for a minute about flow because mm-hmm. the flow concept, which was uh, originated or discovered or, or written about uh, in the 60s, was uh, 
Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, Mike Csikszentmihalyi, and he's written extensively about this flow state, that when we are in um, this state, it's almost an altered state where we have mm-hmm. no recognition of time, space, matter, our surroundings. We're just in it, and hours can pass, and we are in this sort of um, mm-hmm. blissful state. And it is that flow state that comes uh, from being completely mindful and engaged. Yes. And the full engagement is what we're talking about here. Yes, full engagement. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just going to you know, just say the same thing you're saying. It's when you're forced to be fully engaged, whether you're on, on a you know, pimp's court or on a golf course, you, you have to be at that moment. But when you're not, when you're not forced to be engaged like that, you can easily be, be off track. Yes. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, going back to this concept of using sports or the sports mentality in business and in relationships, how we can apply the team spirit in our relationships to allow the people that we are working with to feel like they are our participants on the path that we're on as opposed to yanking them by the neck along. <laughs> you mean like just having them as a team approach to everything we do just our yes yes i mean it's a similar thing when you become selfish on you know when you play for a team you cannot be selfish on the team you have to work together you have to be you know and sometimes in in your family and your relationships you have to take you know the old saying take one for the team i say this to my husband all the time i'm like okay who's going to the grocery store with the kids you know he i guess that's me i'm taking one for the team it's a, you know what's for the better good of everyone involved what's what's going to be your role in this family unit your role in this relationship sometimes we have to take a back seat and and be the the, the, si- the person on the sidelines in order to let the other person shine or be you know be big enough to see the big picture here and if the you know the the, the aim for the team or family or relationship is to score or be successful then what's that going to take what's your role how can you evaluate and take a step back from from yourself and look at the big picture this is this is this is exactly what I mean, and it's not easy. It's not always easy. No. Sometimes it's very seamless, and at other times it really is a challenge. Particularly when you have a dynamic of many different personalities, many different separate goals. You know, everybody's got their own ideal of what mm-hmm. they want life to look like, right? And their own agenda. They, this is what will make them happy, and that's not always what's best for the team. You know, there's the guy on the team that always wants to score. That's all he wants to do. But that not might that might not be what's best for the team or the or the relationship. You know, you have to be but it's taking the blinders off, Lisa. It's taking off the blinders and seeing, okay, what's what what's going on around me, having that peripheral view of your relationship and looking at everything as a whole as opposed to just your own piece. Which ties into what Mark and I were discussing in the first two segments about the ego and the, the, you know, the varying levels of the ego, which I think is very relevant to this discussion in that if you're talking about having a clarity of purpose or a clarity of vision or um, how the ego applies into actualizing whatever the goals are, whether it's a, a harmonic relationship or peak performance in business. The, the ego yes. matters, or the the management of our individual it, egos is hugely important. It's the management, correct? Because you need an ego. You know, you need to have it. But what you know, what role it plays, and to what degree it it's a part of of what you're trying to accomplish, can depend on on your management of it, and and how in, in check it is, or how 
aware you are, you know, the awareness factor, like what are we doing and what is, you know, and some people it's completely out of whack. It's so imbalanced. And, and that's what Mark does a lot of that work with, with, you know, with athletes. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, the work that you're doing, you work with individuals, groups, tell us a little bit about your practice. I work with everybody. I work with individuals. I work with small business professionals who have who kind of see my, my my viewpoint of you know their athletes themselves. They like to push themselves. They see that that need and they just get frustrated. You know, sometimes you need that coach just get you to get you on track. I also work with with couples and with men and women who, who are you know looking to improve their relationships. And I understand the the mind of an athlete how that works. So I also like to work with athletes personally and specifically too. Wonderful. We are almost out of time. I would like to give our listeners some contact information. Once again, you can find Leah Jansen on Facebook at Leah Jansen Coaching. Her website is www.leahjansen. And let me spell that for you. It's L-E-A-H-J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. And she has got a YouTube channel, which is also Leah Jansen, where she's got um, a bunch of videos up there that are tips, very simple, easy to watch, short tips how that are relevant to all of our lives and on twitter she is at life coach leah and here are a few thoughts before we part and the first thing i want to do is give kelly st Clair, one of our other producers a shout out because there's i just can't wish j dog a happy birthday and not say thank you to her for all the great work that she does and how she makes us look good every week and here are those thoughts before we part happiness is not a destination it cannot be bought sold or traded Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen along with our guests today, Mark Harradine and Leah Jansen, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And next week, we have Debbie Gregory of Military Connections, Sue Lynch, and Jody Delaney discussing yoga for pets. Nobody got no time anyway. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available on iTunes. To learn more about Lisa.